Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Slim, and this is our 7, I'm sorry, 8 a.m. book club call. I said 7 because I think I'm in an area where it is 7. <laughs> I know I am. So 8 a.m. Eastern book club call, 7 a.m. Central, depends on where you are. Um, man, we do this call every Saturday morning, and we talk about a particular book. We call it the book of the moment not the book of the month, because the book of the month, meaning that we have to finish in a month. But to be honest, quite honest, the the last two books, we should have been finishing in a month, maybe within 20 days, because they're a simple read. Um, so we've kind of been doing the book of the month, because we're starting on the new book next month. I'm sorry, next Saturday, we'll be starting on the return of the rag picker by uh, Mr. O.G., as some people call it, Mandino. It's Og Mandino. Uh, right now, we're going to be wrapping up to The uh, Greatest Mystery in the World uh, by Mr. Og Mandino today. And then next week, we're starting on the um, return of the rag picker, which I have to say, out of the 12 or 13 books that uh, Mr. Mandino has written, The Return of the Rag Picker is probably my favorite. Then I got, you know, I got them in order after that, but I think uh, I'm almost sure that the return is the one that uh, that is my favorite when it comes to Augmentino. I'll tell you, the story behind him uh, that we're going to probably do next week while we're doing the return, the rag picker to, to uh, you know, just for you to, to understand who you're actually dealing with, who, I mean, who you're actually reading and the things that he's writing. So, all right, so we're going to get started today. I'm out of town, but I do have um, some mystery voices ready to go. You know, I usually don't do that. When I'm out of town, I'd be like, that's it for y'all. But, see, I can't do that. All that big money I give away on these Saturdays, man, you know, I know y'all be expecting these big $10, you know. You know why I'm joking. You, you can always go get your uh, uh, barbecue sandwich with that $10. We know you can go to Popeye's, <laughs> but I always say go to Subway, try to get something uh, that, you know, they say Subway is fresh, so that's why you should go there. But all right, um, let's get started here. It's going to be me today and me only, and like I said, we're wrapping up the greatest mystery in the world, so I'm grabbing some of some of the points that I really like uh, when it came to the book. And let's see if we can put it together so you can understand it. Do y'all hear me loud and clear? Because I don't know. I'm in a, I'm in this hotel room, and I hear more of this fan blowing. I've been trying to turn this thing off all night. I'm not going to turn it off. I hit the off button, but that doesn't do it. So uh, can you hear me loud and clear? Looking for a text, looking for the text, looking for the first text. Somebody text me and let me know. Bing, there it is. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. There go another one. Yes, you can. Yes, you can, can, and the can, can. Another song. Yes, I can, can. Yes, I can, can. All right. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the greatest asset in the world. The greatest asset in the world. It beats money and power and influence. Single-handed, the enthusiast convinces and dominates where the wealth accumulated by a smaller army of workers would scarcely raise a tremble of interest. You remember 
some of y'all who are around uh, in our business that we do, we first got started in it, you know, uh, two years ago. You remember how enthused you were, that enthusiasm you had when you talked to everybody, the things that you were saying, and, you know, man, you just you don't want to, you know, all that. Now, over the years, if you're not winning or doing, you know, doing the numbers that you want to be doing or, you know, coming up with ideas, that help your business move, your, your enthusiasm slowly goes away. And I think a lot of us know it, but we're trying to figure out how to get that enthusiasm back. You have to create it in your mind. You can't, I mean, sometimes the companies and, and, you know, the teams will bring that enthusiasm back, like, you know, but then sometimes you have to be the one to start creating it with you and your conversation and how you talk to get that enthusiasm because that's the the selling point, you know. Somebody called me the other day and said that. Hey, man, it, I'm, you know, my excitement. Yep. But you can have that excitement if you learn how to, to become enthusiastic. You know, I don't know if you want to call that. Some people say, I don't know if I want to do that because that would be fake. Folks, I want you to listen in. Listen closely. Everybody lean in. I got a story to tell, like Biggie said. I got a story to tell. Matter of fact, I got a, I got this is special announcement. Ring the bells. Ring the bells. Special announcement. Ring the bells. You are always being marketed to. Fake, not fake, real, not real. Whatever you say in your mind, you are being marketed to all the time, and it's in your eyesight, you could say fake. You see those commercials when they have these people on there talking about what this thing has done for them, and you look at them and know that they are paid actors. You can't help but look at that and say these folks are paid actors. And they get enthusiastic about whatever they're talking about. Some of them hadn't even tried whatever they're talking about, but they are paid to be enthusiastic. So when you say, I'm just kind of faking it, no, you're being a part of the world that we live in. You know, again, everything is that they study the brain, and everything is is, uh, tried under the moon. They're always trying to do things to keep, to get people drawn in. So in order for you to draw people in, you have to practice that enthusiasm. All right, it says enthusiasm convinces and dominates where where the wealth accumulated by the small army of workers would scarily raise the tremble of interest. Enthusiasm tramples over prejudice and opposition spurns in action, storms the citadel of its objects and like an avalanche, overwhelms and engulfs all obstacles. It is nothing more or nothing less than faith in action. And that's why some people, it's hard for us to get to the, get that enthusiasm because you said faith in action. So your faith is gone at some point. Anytime a person, you know, anytime you get involved with something new, there's a level of time that you stay that way, and then you have to work yourself and understand that now i got to create it. 
Now I have to make it happen because there's a there's a, a level in any business where it goes up, comes down, then it levels off, then it goes back up, come down, there's a level. And see, you got to understand that. But we don't get it. We kind of we kind of wear our um, emotions and thoughts on our sleeves when it comes to what we do in our business. And a person can tell that you are not the same enthusiastic person um, that you were at one point. All right, I hear it. I hear it. Tony, that's hard. Yep, it is. Man, that's hard. Yep, it is. All right, so let's keep going. My son and daughter, remember you have to work. Whether you have whether you handle pick or wheelbarrow or a set of books or digging ditches or editing a newspaper, ringing an auction bell or writing funny things, you must work. Don't be afraid of killing yourself by overworking on the sunny side of 30. People die sometimes, but it's because they quit at 9 p.m. and don't go home until 2 a.m. It's the, it's the interviews that kill the intervals, intervals that kill my child. The work gives you an appetite for more meals. It lends solid uh, solidity to your slumber. It gives you a perfect appreciation of a holiday because you're working. So what he's saying is, if we put the work in in whatever we're doing, whether it's a, whether it's um, whether you handle a pick or a wheelbarrow of a set of books or digging ditches or editing a newspaper, or ringing an auction bell, or writing funny things, you must work. You must do it. You must do it on a consistent basis. You must be solid with it. See, all these things, the way that you you kind of, if you, if you wind up doing that, the way that you kind of stay there is that you keep reading these things. See, some of y'all, shame on you if you don't have the book, and then it's shame on you if you are with the book and not read it because, again, if you want to keep your enthusiasm or keep your thoughts or your belief, you need to constantly read. You need to constantly read. Somebody called me last night. Man, what you doing? Hey, man, I'm just sitting here in the, in the room reading. Read what? I just told him a particular book. Man, that's, you know, it's going on around here. You know, we got this popping, got that popping. Why you? Okay. <laughs> okay, I put the book down. We get it popping. And, boy, I, I thought I need to get back and pick my book up. Because <laughs> that getting popping, I like this getting popping. <laughs> I swear. Now, at one point, at one point, at one point, that was getting popping for me. But at some, you know, what's the, the uh, passage in the Bible where it says, uh, um, as a boy, I, I did, you know, whatever foolish stuff. And as a man, I, get, I, I did away with doing all those foolish things. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know I just wrecked that whole thing. I know I just tore it up. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? At some point, Things have to change, and you have to be, you know, see, what keeps me going is, um, thanks a whole lot, Psalms, okay. 
what keeps me going is that I stay, I keep my face in a book. I keep my ears on the audio. I keep my, when I got to uh, where I am now in town, I, when I got in the, in the hotel, I just sat and had my uh, some on YouTube playing. Didn't turn on the television like people do. Mm-mm. Always feeding so when those challenges come knocking, I can still keep that enthusiasm. You know what I'm saying? I'm always feeding, always feeding. Feeding the mind, start the doubt. Feeding the mind, start the doubt. Feeding the mind, start the doubt. You got to say that on a on a uh, a recording that you can listen to every day. You know, get enthused and put some enthusiasm on that, and then when you don't feel like it, you you put that on. You know, feed the mind, start a doubt. Feed the mind, start a doubt. That's right. Yeah, you have to be the one to do it. You got to create that. Nobody's going to come knocking on your door or ringing your bell. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing my bell. That's what you think. That's what's going to happen with the, the enthusiasm. What time enthusiasm coming about to, to, to get me enthused? Somebody knocking at the door. <laughs> Somebody ring them a bell, so you're thinking that's enthusiasm. Do me a favor. Open the door and let them in. (laughs) That's not going to be enthusiasm. I can promise you, you won't hear a knock on the door, and you say, who is it? And it says enthusiasm. Mm -mm. It won't be somebody coming in and say, let me push you. You have to push yourself. See if you know about that Billy Paul, huh? Okay. <laughs> see if you said just don't play anything past the eighties. No, in the eighties, I'm lost. It was like like you got sanctified in the eighties and see you he came back. But yeah, um you have to have something that's gonna bring you you know, or get keep you fresh every morning. You know, so that you can, you know, because nobody wants to talk to no. What is a art? What you call a deadbeat, delusional, uh, deadbeat, delusional loser, or something like that. You gotta keep that. You gotta keep that in some form or fashion. All right. So the busier you are, the less harm you you are that are about that you're about to get into. The sweeter will keep the sweeter will keep your step, the brighter your holidays, and the better satisfied the world will be with you if you stay that way. Or you constantly working on being that way. Love of books, my friend, is your path to the greatest. The poorest not poor, I'm sorry. Purest, P U R E S T. The most perfected or perfect pleasure prepared for you by God. It endures when other pleasures fade. It will support you when all other recreations are gone. It will last you until your death. It will make your hours pleasant to you as long as you live. And I know some of you saying, don't do that for me. Those books don't do that for me. 
Really? That means you hadn't read them enough or longer. Because he says here clearly, love of books, my friend, is your path to the greatest, the purest, the most perfect pleasure prepared for you by God. It endures with all other pleasures fade. When When everything else fades, it endures. It will support you when all others or all other recreations are gone. It will last you until your death. It will make your hours pleasant to you as long as you live. And I can tell you in certain situations in my life at one point, that was my savior. I mean, they are, still is. But when I would get into a funk or get into something, you know, I would go read. Read a few chapters of most of the books that I had. It was just, you know, it was a pickup. But see, if we stay, listen to this, with our faith in a book, not faith book, but with our faith in a book, we can't help but stay, you know, semi-enthusiastic. You know, semi-enthusiastic. You don't have to, if you, I'm talking about if you're going uh, to talk with a prospect or you're going to deal with somebody, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to need that at all times. And I know some preacher man, the dirty deacon says, now he didn't say anything about the Bible. He said books, books, books. Reread that again, Tony. Uh, All right. But I know for some of y'all, you need to understand this. And, uh, you know, preacher man ain't saying this. I'm saying it. You got to understand this, that that is, a, that is a given for most people. So I don't know if he had to say it, but it's a thought now. It's a thought now, preacher man. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying that he's implying that that's not going to help you. He might be implying that you're already doing that, but. He could be. You have to be. You have to actually be alive. He has to be alive for us to ask that question. But it says again, love of books, my friend, is your path to the greatest, the purest, the most perfect pleasure prepared for you by God. Love of books, my friend. And I'm gonna tell you, my friends, that's on here. I'm going to tell you, if you don't get that, maybe you'll, you'll love me when I fade to black. <laughs> Folks, you got to have a little fun, too, You got because I tell you, if you take everything so serious, it'll, it'll run you crazy, especially in this business that we do. So, so, so. Love of books, my friend, is your path to the, the greatest, the purest, and the most perfect pleasure prepared for you by God. It endures when all pleasures fade. It will support you when all other recreations are gone. It will last you until death. It will make your hours pleasant to you as long as you live. As long as you live. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up with this today. I think I am. I might have to read a little bit more. 
A great deal of talent is lost in the world for what? I mean, I'm sorry. I got that with an asterisk on top of it, so I you know, read it wrong. A great deal of talent is lost in the world for want of little courage. Every day sends to, the, to their grave obscure people who timidity, I mean, with timidity prevented from making a first effort, who if they could have been induced to begin, would in all probability have some great lengths of career fame. That's why I say some of the, well, you've heard the quote, some of the greatest ideas in life, some of the smartest people, some of the things that could have been done, could have been done is in the cemetery because we didn't move on it. Every time we got ready to move on it, we thought ourselves or talked ourselves out of it. Man, I know uh, this person here needs to hear about what I'm doing. And then your head, your mind started talking to you. Nah, I know they don't. Man, they don't need to hear that. That's a little bitty thing you're doing. They don't want it. No, they don't want to hear that. Talk yourself out of it. They don't want to hear it. Then you, you think of something else, and, you, and then you talk yourself out of that. And then before you know it, 30, 40 years have passed, and it's over. That's why I say. That's why I said some of the greatest ideas are in the cemetery. Man, if they could have been induced to begin, would in all probability have some great lengths of career fame. The fact is that to do anything in the world worth doing, we must stand back, shivering, and thinking of the cold and danger, but jump in and scramble through as well as we can. You know, I always talk about, you know, go jump in the pool, man. Don't put your toe in the side. Run. Run, run, and do the can opener or the, the belly flop or the, you know, whatever y'all would call it. But, you know, you got to go. You got you to gotta go do it. You got to take that chance. You got to be willing to lose and lose dollar bills. That's what most people don't see. When we put our money in the game, we got to make sure that we're going to – it ain't – it's not. Most people who have done – a lot of winning in your eyesight have risked a lot, and that means they lost a lot. You know, like, like um, at one point, um, well, probably all of, every here does like this. But um, when Hank Aaron had all them home runs, he also had a bunch of strikeouts. When uh, Michael Jordan was hitting those closing shots at the buzzer. He also missed some of them. But the key is that they were doing it. The key that they were going for it. The key is that they consistently stay consistent. Consistently stay consistent. And I'm telling you, most people, not all, because y'all will give me some examples of other folks, but most people, that win, always keep their focus. They always keep something on their mind that's thinking about or talking about what they're doing. They stay. It's a part of their life. It's a part of their life. The fact that this, the fact that it's that to do anything in the world worth doing, 
you must not stand back shivering and thinking of the cold and danger. But jump in. He says, it will not do perpetually calculate. It will not do to the best perpetually calculating risk and always act with caution. It did very well before the great flood when a man would consult his friends upon a intended publications for 150 years and live to see his success afterwards. But at present, one waits and doubts and consults his friends until one day, guess what happens? He finds himself 65 years old and that he has lost so much time in consulting cousins and friends that he has no time to follow through. You ask the whole world. You're going around here asking the whole world trying to get approval. Yeah, that's it. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. Thank you, ma'am. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. I wasn't that close. I wasn't that close to what you just said. <laughs> but y'all knew what I said because you couldn't have found that. But it wasn't close. But it says here, people just waste so many, so much time consulting their cousins, consulting their friends, that has no more time to follow their own advice. You didn't talk yourself out your own advice. All right. I said I was wrapping it up, so I'm going to wrap it up with this one. You want a better position than you now have, a better and fuller place in your life. Very well. Think of that better place you're in as already existing. Now think about it. Picture it. Picture it in your mind. It's already here. It's like when I wake up, it's going to be here. But you got to keep picturing it in your mind. You're like, nah, I'm looking outside. It don't look like that. Picture in your mind now. All right, that you're full in your life. Very well. Think of that better place and you in an already existing, like it's already here popping. Form the mental image. Keep on thinking of the higher positions. Keep the image constantly before you. No, you will not suddenly be transferred into the higher job, but you will find that you are preparing yourself to occupy the better position in life. Your body, your energy, your understanding, your heart will all grow up, up, uh, up to the job. And when you are totally ready, after hard work, after perhaps years of preparation, you will get the job or the other position or the business in the higher place in your life. Well, Tony, I know people who have done that and they didn't get it. You know, we lean to the negativity. We lean to not that you will do. You, we, we lean to where it ain't happening. What if we lean the other way for just a little while? Mr. Ogden Dina said, just a little while lead the, lean the other way. And you might find the greatest mystery in the world, but I tell you, his books are powerful. Folks, if y'all hadn't read this, um, you still have you still have time because it's a short read. It is a short read. So um, I'm reading the back of the book. Let me see here. It is nothing less than a blueprint for success, telling us in plain English, a plain language, exactly what we must do to mount 
the seven rungs of life's ladder. ladder. From material achievement and worldly success to the highest spiritual development, whatever you most cherish, dream may, may be, OG and his good angel will give you that advice that you need. All right, folks, that's it. All she wrote today, pen and the pencil broke. I hope you get the point. The point is you have to, you don't have to be bouncing off the wall. You don't have to be doing all that. But enthusiasm means that a person believes in what they're doing. I mean, when you, when you believe in what you're doing, then your conversation is going to be different. All right, put an eight in the chat, folks, because I don't think y'all get this. I don't think y'all get this. And if you're a new person and you're looking for the chat, it's not a chat. That's just a, that's just a saying I use. <laughs> just a, okay, I got an eight. That's, that's a text, you know. The chat is a text. That means you're getting it. You got it. Get it, got it good. <laughs> I got another eight. Got two of them. I got eight, 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 eight. Now, I found out the other day from a lady that of a certain age told me that when you say eight, that means that you're sharp or you're looking good or and then you you know, you're supposed to walk up to a person and say, Man, you ate or you you ate now, something like that. I'm like, I've never heard that in my life. But that's the new term or the term that you said the term been around for a minute. You ate that. So that means if you did good, like, you know, on a call like today, let's say I did good today, you supposed to say, You ate that. I'm like Really? I won't be saying that. <laughs> I'm not going to be saying I ate that. And I won't be saying no cap either. <laughs> you capping, no cap. Like, really? What? Is... <laughs> I digress, folks. I digress.